Hey guys, Amir Ryder with the Cloud9 Podcast. I'm here with Ed Marsh, Chief Revenue Officer of IntentData.io. Ed, how's it going? Good, Amir. How about you? It's always good seeing you. Uh, I think you're in a market today. It looks like I'm in the I'm in the warehouse turned office center. Yeah, I haven't gotten to see your new office. I mean, it looks gorgeous. Every time I'm on a meeting with you or one of your people, I love. It looks like the roof is open today. The roofs are open and the plants are growing. That's the interesting thing. We, they're, they're finally filling in. They're getting good sunlight. So, Well, I'm um, looking forward to when I have the opportunity to visit the new office. All is well. I, I want to talk about intentdata.io. I feel like the name tells us everything. Amazing name, by the way. It's, uh, it's clear. I, I, I'm a marketing and sales leader. I know what you got, right? You got intent data. Um, but before we get started, I'd love to kind of kind of start this off. You know, a lot of our, our, our uh, listeners are sales leaders, entrepreneurs, uh, marketing leaders. It'd be great to kind of tell us something about about you that nobody would know. I know you're you're an interesting guy, and uh, what's a good story that you got for us? All right, so I guess along that theme of entrepreneurship and selling early, I started my first business probably when I was about eight, um, and I defy you to guess what it was. Shoveling uh, snow. No, not shoveling snow. <laughs> it's actually my grandfather taught me how to cane chairs, which many people listening to this may not even know, but it's uh, the little strips of stuff that get woven into the, the seat of a chair, the old style chairs with all the little holes around the outside. Yeah. And so I could do that. You know, I could get a chair done in, in uh, six or eight hours while I was That's watching amazing. And, and make at the time, you know, 40 years ago, I was getting 30 bucks a chair or something like that. So it was, it was a pretty good gig for a young kid. That's not bad. You can start. You can start a dropshipping business from some cane shares now too. <laughs> Absolutely. So entrepreneurship runs in your blood. It does. It I does. like that. And I it's like that. You to do some crazy stuff, like when I went and started a company in India. I mean, I, I look back in retrospect. I mean, wonderful experience, wonderful lessons learned, hemorrhaged money, didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I shake my head. What was I thinking? But. Um, but it shaped the future, so I see where you're at now. Everything happens. There would be no intent out of that IO without India. That's true. That's true. So now, so now you can help all of us uh, sales developers just crush it. But you know, intent data they make a lot of noise. Why, why has it suddenly become such a hot topic? It's a good where did point. this come from? I mean, part of it is because the technology is maturing, but part of it is just kind of market awareness. And I think if you're a demand gen person and you've got your KPIs to hit and it's getting harder and harder and harder to hit them every month and your paid ads are delivering less and your events are costing more and delivering less and your BDRs are having a harder time hitting their numbers and your email open rates are falling. I mean, what do you do? You gotta do something. And so I think part of it is driven just by the fact, not only is the technology more mature, there's more people talking about it, but more demand gen people are saying, geez, I gotta have a better solution. And, and then of course, in ABM and, and event marketing and retargeting and all these other areas where it's so effective, the same kind of thing is happening. People yeah. are seeing a gradual deterioration in effectiveness and they're looking for how to improve it. Makes sense. So, so lead companies have been around for a while. Sales development tools have come out. Everybody's sequencing each other. They're not calling <laughs> anymore. They should be calling. So this is kind of evolved. It, it, it's almost a, a new weapon that has been created, right? It's, it's kind of like, the, the, this is the new norm, and now we need some intent, um, and that's kind of why we're hearing about it. Though about marketers and how they destroy things, I mean Gary Vee uses different language to uh, to describe it. But unfortunately, you know the path that we're headed on, people are going to do the same thing with intent data. Just because oh, yeah. they see something appear in intent, then they just start to hammer the crap out of it. And so much intent data, we'll, we may get into a little bit later, but. The nuance of the data is really important. Like, do you actually have context so that you can reach out to somebody 
in an empathetic way and help them, not just, not just for your own selfish reasons, but if, if marketing today is helping, as Volpe says, can you reach out in a way where you're really honestly helping them with something that's valuable at the right time that you can discern based on the intent that you see? But of course, a lot of intent data doesn't let you do it. It just says, oh, well, it happens to match a topic and so start blasting them with the sequence, just like you talked about. Yeah, and that's and and, and you're the con, your your intent data is contact level um, generated, which we'll get into. But this has me almost thinking of uh, like a minority part or a futuristic movie where someone's walking around and they see ads popping up of what they're thinking, right? It's it's kind of that same concept, that evolution of where we're going, um, giving people. And that's it's interesting because you know I'm I'm very much a lot of people aren't they're not public on their profiles. I'm very public. I, I am like telling the world what to advertise to me. It's because like, if I'm going to get this advertisement anyways, I'd rather have some context to what I need. Right. Um, but like, if you don't mind me asking, let's talk about some common misconceptions, you know, and like what are some common misconceptions of intent data and, and um, how do they impact execution? So there's a wide variety of them. I would say the first one to start with is the fact that there are very, very different kinds of tools. There's website visitor de-anonymizers. There's static databases. There are predictive tools. There's second-party intent data, third-party intent data. There's, there's uh, data enrichment tools. All of these things are out there. And I actually, I just got off a call with a guy who looked at three tools, thought he was comparing the same solution, and there were three tools from different sectors. Now, you know, that bothers me because I understand the difference between them. On the other hand, that makes perfect sense. As somebody that doesn't have in-depth knowledge of these tools, what they want is more leads. And how do they, what's the best tool to help them get more leads? So there's a lot of misunderstandings about what tools are available. Then there's, I'd say, misunderstandings about the kind of data people can get. Contact level data with context is kind of the gold standard. And without that, then all you're doing is maybe prioritizing accounts and fooling yourself beyond that. With that information, you can do a lot of follow-on stuff that's really cool that we may, we may talk about. I would say another real misconception is that the key is to buy the data and that suddenly by receiving the data, everything's going to change. And, you know, the data, the, 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 the playbooks to really execute on this data. I mean, we see it. Um, your colleagues that I work with on mutual clients that we have and on my own business, every day we're talking about the playbooks and how to improve them and what lessons are we learning. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's hard work and it's a really rigorous process. And people just think, oh, I've got the data now. I'll plug it in. I'll somehow dump it into Salesforce or into Marketo and let things run. Well, it, it doesn't just run. Yeah, so sales reps are misunderstanding how to use the data. I'm like, it's coming fast, right? There's no real training of, of a playbook on how to use intent data. I mean, some of them are saying, hey, I, saw, I saw that you were searching this, or I saw you're, and that, that's not the right way to go. So that's the common misconception is that the data is going to fix the problem, right? right. Um, and and to, to, well, I think the real message out there is that the data is going to get you this much closer to getting that right message, right? But cutting out the research, you got to build the right playbooks. You have to understand, first of all, I mean, I talk about orchestrating it across the organization because intent data, although we talk about it often in the context of demand gen, there are multiple marketing use cases. There are sales use cases, sales intelligence, target account sales, et cetera. And there's success use cases, reducing churn, increasing upsell and cross sell. So you have to understand and, and, and tackling all of it across the organization at once probably isn't advisable, but you have to have a roadmap for it or a plan for it. And then within each use case, you have to activate it really carefully and with, with a strong playbook and with understanding about 
you know, what you're going to watch and what levers you're going to pull and how you're going to react when you see what's working certain ways. And it doesn't do any good to just have your BDRs hammering on the phone, calling these people. If you're not running um, paid social messages with the right kind of message in the background to them to reinforce the effort. And if the message doesn't actually resonate with the problem people has, um, people have, I mean, that's a, kind of ties in with another misconception. A lot of people think, well, you just pick a topic and from that topic, you have what you need. Well, the taxonomy of those topics is completely opaque. So you have no idea where in that topic, what, what constitutes a lead, what triggers are being watched, whether it's a high value lead, a lower level signal, where somebody is in the buying journey, what problem they're trying to solve, what competitors they're talking to. And so without that, I mean, you've got a little bit of an advantage that maybe you can take a challenger sale approach with the three most common problems. Experience tells me companies like yours are wrestling with one, two, and three, and you know that pitch. But with the context, now suddenly your challenger sale approach is so wicked effective. Experience tells me companies like yours are probably wrestling with, you know, you can mention a couple of problems for style, but you know the one they're wrestling with. Yeah. Say that, and um, boom you're done. I mean, that, that works. And then when you start to tie together the paid social messaging so that it matches exactly the kind of problem or competitor or where they are in the buying journey or the persona and all those sorts of details, it's incredibly effective. It's, it's hard to, to grasp where we are with marketing and sales today and how far we've come where we can literally target at the account-based level and we can get intent to add from the account-based level. And it's like putting this all together is easier than ever. Right, but it's also intimidating, I think. Yeah, I might for, say for it's, it's possible, but it's not easy. Well, easy in the sense that, that Facebook will take your money and LinkedIn will take your money, you put your credit card on, and you know, it's, it, yeah. it's hard to put it all together. But, like, you know, you were kind of touching on this, but like, what's the biggest mistake that you see with Nintendo Ad? It, 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 now, we talked about overall just like people thinking that's the Holy Grail, but like specifically when people have a playbook, what's like the biggest mistake you're seeing that they're making? I think it's kind of like people with BDRs. They think what I need is a body. So let me hire somebody that's good on the phone. Well, without understanding sales training and technology and coaching and how you break a call into three second increments and you work on each one for two weeks to get the person right. And all of this incredible complexity that goes into what seems like a simple job. So people hire a BDR, they sit them in the back office, you know, with no industry knowledge, no experience, no training. And oh, well, geez, you know, six months later, I'm not getting anything out of it. Uh, my industry, we can't, we can't cold call. Well, same kind of a thing with intent data. People just kind of dump the data into their system. In fact, one of the biggest uh, challenges I have with people, I explain to them, absolutely, we can put the data directly into your system. Should we? My yeah, recommendation so. is, okay, some of it, like current customers, absolutely, right away, let's start putting that in. But let's put the rest of it into a CSV. Over time, first of all, you're going to want to aggregate all that data because you can do incredible competitive analysis and all kinds of other stuff with it. But further, we need to look at it together and really understand what you're getting so that we can refine those playbooks. And so I'd say the biggest mistake is just dumping it all into the system, somehow expecting, oh, we're going to flip a couple switches and, and stuff's going to change. So right, right now, do you, do you, I know that we're talking about multiple uses, customer success, but are, are most people looking at Intent Data as a sales tool or, or are you seeing people already getting the fact that customer success um, is here to stay and that it's you, like, like from a use case perspective, um, where do you see people finding, are, are they open to using customer success or do they need a little bit more of a push for that? Yeah, I'm not finding anybody leading with that idea. So the okay. people that we hear from are demand gen managers that wanted to support their demand gen. And sometimes like a VP of sales, 
Um, but the VP of sales often thinks it's going to be kind of like uh, an online trade show every day where they're going to have these, this list of leads and often the salespeople then try to cherry pick and figure out which ones they want to call. And it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. No. Um, and I would say that the, uh, the marketing people just kind of instinctively understand it's a data source, but may not fully understand how to use it. As far as the success goes, it's something I've never had anybody preemptively bring it up to me. And even within the success function, we talk about churn reduction and they say, Oh yeah, okay. I get that. But then you talk about the upsell cross sell opportunity and that hadn't even occurred to most of them. So it really does take, it's a gradual process and it's got to, I think, you know, the corporation has to have the right high level management mindset as well in order to make sure departments are collaborating around it. The flip side is there's not many tools that you can buy that can positively impact across that entire customer life cycle the way this one can. Well, I can see that, right? Because we're living in sales and customer success world all the time. And I think that as time goes on and more people are educated on customer success and becomes more, you know, even a quota health position as it grows, I do think that more CX leaders should open up their eyes to this kind of tool. Um, and I, I, I would imagine that you'll start seeing companies purchasing it for success and then using it for sales and vice versa. Uh, more frequently, especially as we get these case studies and people start talking more about their success and helping yeah. each other. And like, we live in a cool world now where in the past, I feel like an organization used to have to be the voice for how to use their tool. But now we have a lot of sales leaders that are talking about processes and they're talking about ways to use intent data. And it's going to be interesting to see how that amplifies an organization like intent data.io where now the whole community is also talking about how to use it and it's it's a different world right i think, I, you live I think in a world. that's one of the really fun opportunities is it is help write the best practices and i was on a webinar back in february with uh, rob levitt from itsma kind of a real abm thought leader and gar smith at the time he was with drift and a thought leader on demand gen conversational marketing we were talking the very kind of thing the, the intersection of intent data abm and conversational marketing nobody's written those rules yeah really cool opportunity to be part of that I got to do some LinkedIn post about this and first I have to figure it out. I got to pick, I got to, I got to figure out the answer, but yeah, now it's a great, what a, what a different, you know, I, I feel like when I started, um, you know, 10, 15 years ago, there was just no, you can learn from your VP of sales right now. It's, you can learn from the 10 leaders you follow, including yourself, right. Um, including people listening to this podcast, which is awesome. Um, but I had a great conversation, for instance, yesterday with a group of people that have some really cool technology around events and event registration and that kind of stuff. And we were talking about use cases for event marketing. And, you know, I like talking to marketing people in the event marketing space because it's there's really cool capability to, I mean, observe attendees at your competitors' events and target them for your own event or understand who's engaged with your competitors before you go to an event. So your BDRs make sure they schedule appointments, all kinds of stuff like that. But for the event organizer, there's a whole nother level of opportunity and you start to overlay it. One of the interesting places where I think a lot of the best practices are being experimented with is interlacing different data sources and ways that you can then, um, but interpolating the data, figure out really effective targeting strategies. Now, you know, we talk about data sources, extrapolating spreadsheets. Do you think that the profile of sales professionals has changed where now there'll be a segment of sales professionals that are more just data driven sales engineers using these tools, laying down automation, using intent data. Like I, I almost feel like the profile of a sales person, uh, person has changed. 
Um, it's it's interesting, and I would say um, at my my first answer is going to be I think it depends on the industry, but I'm thinking of examples with enterprise software salespeople that I've worked with that just did not get the 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 intent data opportunity. In fact, they didn't even understand the value in their first party intent data that's already there in their CRM from their own marketing automation. If I'd say that if a salesperson can't wrap their mind around how powerful that first party intent data is, they're not going to, you know, get to figure out how to really extract the value from third party data. It's up to marketing departments, I think, to really push those dots closely together. And so, for instance, one of the things that I recommend we do is we take the data, we interpret it for them, we draw the inferences where it's appropriate, and we send the recommendation. Maybe we just trigger the sequence automatically. You know, some tools we can do that with yeah. the right messaging. In other cases, what we may do is send the lead notification to the sales rep with very specific recommendations, questions to ask, insights that we think they might be able to uncover, the uh, um, enablement content they ought to share. We, we really have to, in many cases, they're not going to dive in. They're not going to intuit that themselves. We're going to make it easy for them. Well, there's still so much more room for training when it comes to actually training a rep about the buyer persona, the buyer profile, and the product, right? So if we give them more there's going to be more noise, be more confused. If we kind of say, hey, focus on the persona, focus on the profile, don't worry about the triggers, just worry about you're having a conversation now and you understand that person. I think that that's the way to go because, you know, it's a different profile. And, and I think sales development as, a, as a, a function is growing. I'm talking to a lot of leaders now. And what they're telling me is I need a sales development leader. I need a VP of sales. Those titles didn't exist. Right. Right? There was no VP of sales development. I've actually had people now saying, what do you want to do? Uh, SDR, do you want to be an eight? I want to be a sales development leader. Right. This is a whole new ballpark, right? And I think I think that those sales development leaders are the ones that are mastering data, content triggers, and 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 um, and they're the ones that are going to be focused on SDRs. That hey, you need to know that you're going to be talking to Ed Marsh. These are his. It doesn't even matter what his triggers are because we are. That's why you're talking to him. You're talking to him as a trigger. Yeah, now so we have to have a conversation about him and his persona and his product. Don't read my blog post from yesterday because, or, or a couple of days ago, I wrote on Medium that personas are becoming irrelevant. Well, they are. Because they're just contrivances where actually intent data is telling you and the triggers are telling you what's really happening. So I, I kind of... Well, well, well back, back to that. Let's look at personas as just a starting point and then the intent data is actually making it a precision tool, right? kind of like starting with a you know anything and you're just filing it down so i i agree with you um it, like it's almost the same way like i was you know the the people that are outsourcing support and say, the personas are changing the titles are changing it's it's you know global director of operations now that i need to target it's it's right. it's finance directors it's 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 sales enablement people right where i thought it was vp of sales so it's it's i think you start with a persona and it's like the starting point and then we can use intent data to kind of say eh it's not that it doesn't matter that he's a 45 year old male to 55 it matters that he's searching this he cares about xyz right exactly right precisely so then intent data also helps marketers create better products it, it all comes out it's so interesting how it's the and, core and, and that's a great point but that's also one of the one of the challenges that it really if you really use it effectively it becomes intertwined into every aspect of product it. everything yeah, because it, I'm like, if you think about it, you know, not everybody has the luxury of being able to interview your buyer persona, interview a customer, right? And, and, but it's almost like, 
an interviewing tool without asking to be interviewed. It's like, hey, you're already you're already doing these things on the internet and they're public, and we're just gathering them and we're getting. So like, I don't need to interview you because right. you already tweeted about something and, and you're telling me what your pain point is. So I don't need to ask you. Right. So it's a way of like getting an interview from your persona without interviewing them. Yeah, and even more, uh, not just social signals, but people engaging with content around specific topics, describing the problem they're wrestling with or the outcome they're trying to achieve and interactions with specific competitors. And then a step further, the relationship between those activities, which one are they doing first? Which one are they doing more? Are they, are they doing independent research and looking at competitors? Are there multiple people from the same company? What kinds of actions are they taking? You can weave such a, a sophisticated understanding of what's happening that for yeah. complex sales, that becomes really valuable as well. Well, yeah, a signal for intent.io could be just somebody who's reaching out to the community saying, how can I get more leads from my sales developments, right? They're not saying I want intent data. We're saying this is your problem. Then we introduce this as a solution, which is. And that's, that's a great point. You know, most companies think just about their competitors. And I try to help them think about marketing kind of cooperatively, if, cooperatively, if you will. So for me, um, you know, selling intent data, if a company is engaging with ABM software, that's not a competitor of mine, but if they're engaging with ABM software, they're eventually going to realize that a lot of this, um, this account level topic-based data that's embedded in those products isn't doing them any good, and they're going to need a better solution. So I want to know who those people are, and I want to begin the conversation with them. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I, I'm fortunate enough to make relationships with a lot of account-based marketing leaders like yourself that it's all coming together. Everyone's different, right? I spoke with Terminus the other day um, with, with Sangram, and you know, I thought his, his offering was – you know, get leads, but it's not, it's people visiting your website, right? So it's not, it works with intent that I and a lot, I think a lot of the, there's a lot of confusion, right? So everyone thinks I'm picking, I have an intent data source already, right? Cause they, they select the one the reality. I think really understanding, like you said, um, the difference, right? The gold standard, this is the gold standard of content, uh, of, of content level, uh, intent data, you know, G2 crowd is different, right? It's people actually searching site, uh, for software, looking for reviews and it, they all, work together in a way. Um, and yeah, I think people I think need it, to go on that journey. You're absolutely right. That, as I said, one of the interesting areas that's changing and evolving is how people are more and more thinking about using data together. So yeah. obviously the middle market, lower middle market is picking the data source they think is right for them. But the middle middle market the, and the enterprise market, they're absolutely more and more weaving data sources together. Makes sense. So I, you, know, you know, you got me thinking and I think what we really Oh, our audience listening today is we owe we them some playbooks and some best practices. I think, I think you and I need to kind of sit down and come up with some processes that people can take action on and they could share their story of success with intent data. Um, and then we'll probably do this for sales first because we're marketing and sales guys, but then customer success will find a way into our hearts. But I think uh, this is an awesome conversation. I know we're going to continue it. Um, you've been a great friend, a great partner of ours. And, you know, I really appreciate you coming on, on to this podcast today. Well, thanks um, for having me. I know you're a big also keynote speaker. Any 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 speaking engagements coming up that you want to tell the audience? Anything anything in the uh, in the near future? I know your 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 workday has changed now with intentdata.io. I know you're I know you're busy. Yeah, um, no keynote engagements kind of related to this stuff at this point. Okay, so if anybody wants to reach out, pick your brand about intent data. Where can they find you? Are you are you on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn? Well, are you on the channel? I'm, I'm not nearly as easy to find on those as you are, although I am on all of them, but not as active. But the easiest place is intentdata.io. Intentdata.io. I can see you right on the drift chat, actually. There's Ed and your SDR. You're both. You're, you're there. <laughs> right, exactly. 
No, but this, this has been great. I, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I, I thank you again for, for taking the time to share with us. I think appreciate you creating intent.io and helping us sales professionals move the needle a little bit more and our CX leaders as well. Um, and I appreciate your team participating as a partner with us and, and, and introducing us to folks that will benefit from this data. And, you know, I, I, I've got to say we're a thrilled client of yours as well. I mean, the, the work that you do on our behalf has made a huge difference in our growth. No, I appreciate that. And there's nothing better than actually using some a software service and, and testing yourself to, to stand behind it. But like, like you said, there's some customers we work with that do robotic process automation, ERP. I'm like, well, you need a little bit of intent data, right? These are, these are hard people to talk to. Like we can call them all day long, but give me some signals and we were on the same team and it's really working. And it, and it shows, it shows our partners that we're also, as we tell them, um, making friends and understanding the ecosystems that, that come down to our goals, which are qualified meetings often, revenue sold, right? So um, you're a part of that, appreciate it. Thank you again, man, and uh, this has been great. Awesome, thanks very much, Amir. No problem, talk soon.